Welcome back to the Information Corner. Here are your hosts, Sam and Trish. Okay, we're back with part two of the broadcast. Our very special guest, Alan Watt. And uh, folks, I know some of this stuff is a bitter pill to swallow, but um, you got to know this stuff. You can't just go around flying blind and think you're not going to crash into a brick wall eventually. And boy, who would know that better than us, right? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Moving right along. Yes. Uh, But I mean that sincerely. You know, sometimes I I, uh, throw in a little humor here to kind of lighten it up just a tiny bit. But uh, it's true. I mean, uh, you can't just bury your head in the sand. And if you care about your family, if you care about your children, if you care about any loved ones in your family, you can't just bury your head. And pretend like this stuff doesn't exist. Some of you try, I know. But how can you say, on the one hand, you love your children, you love your family, uh, and be blind to this, knowing that when those kids grow up particularly, that they're going to have a very different world than what you had. And you, above all, at this time, ladies and gentlemen, if you stop and pay attention, you will know that the world is changing. And I know some of you I've talked to, some of you complain about the... uh, Lack of moral values in our country. You complain about the stupidity and just the craziness. Um, I know one lady I talked to today. She said, "I'm I, I'm a people person for the most part," but she said it's getting more and more difficult to be around people because people are getting more nuts by the day. It seems, and uh, but it's all but design. it's all by design, and that's what we're pointing out. If you don't know how these agendas are taking shape, how can you protect your own family from these things? And so uh, this is some of the stuff we're discussing. And, man, I'll tell you what, with these two hours, we're only going to be scratching the surface. But uh, oh, yeah. trust me, Alan will be back with us again. I tell you, I, uh, this if is one of the... he wants to come back, he's welcome. That's right. He's welcome time. back to these microphones anytime his heart desires. And, uh, and we're just glad to have him. It's probably one of the most... It's weird. It's, it's, my feeling is weird. I don't enjoy hearing this kind of stuff, but it's one of the most joyful interviews in that... With Alan's delivery and also with the fact that I'm learning more and more stuff and for my own benefit so that I can work within the sphere in which I live. And the same with Trish, both of us, oh, that yeah. we can work within the sphere in which we live to try to help um, get people up to speed on what's going on. And so with that, I'm going to bring Alan back in here with us. Back with us, Alan. Yes. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, a pleasure like on this to, end. I would like to sort of dispel a myth. You know, things you hear on on, on some some programs. Some yeah, you can call them programs. <laughs> uh, it's not only the Jews that's causing our problems. You've heard that, I'm sure, Alan. Yeah. I mean, this. You know, this is. It's not one group of people. It's a bunch of different types of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you say that that to be the case? In fact, I go so far as to say that even all of us that choose to be ignorant, we're a part of the problem. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, You have a world elite of families from all peoples who've dominated their countries for centuries, who've all come together in a big club. And again, we can trace this back to the eugenic societies that were very open about their agenda in the 1800s and we found under the Rockefeller Foundation when they introduced the Eugenic Society for America they came out with with their various programs 
We find it, too, in the writings of H.G. Wells, who was a, a eugenicist himself. He belonged to the societies. Um, that he even wrote a list of all the different peoples who would be saved, who would come into the New World Order when they'd killed off all the lesser, inferior types. And it was, just, it was basically the same list with one change that Adolf Hitler used. Um, but he also had said that certain Jews would be those who'd proven themselves worthy through persecution and the acquisition of money and gaining success. In other words, the, the aristocracy amongst Judaism, they would be allowed to come through along with the aristocracies that had uh, grown up in Gentile Europe, etc. In other words, all the successful families that had gained power and held on to it for generations and had proven themselves, they'd all be part of this big New World Order club. And that goes for the elite of Japan and China and everywhere else. So uh, you find the same psychopathic types uh, rising to the top, as they must do in a competitive, moneyed uh, system of commerce and so on, because psychopaths have no problem of destroying people on the way up. Uh, they don't have the normal emotions of empathy and regret and guilt. So they always end up at the top in a, in a financial system. And we have these groups within all cultures and all peoples. And now they are one big club who belong to the same organizations. Oh, yeah. You yes. ha and you have various offshoots of that. The Club of Rome, yeah. the... Uh, Council on Foreign Relations in this country, the Trilateral Commission in this yeah. country, the uh, Roundtable Group in uh, in uh, Britain, yeah. and um, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure I've left some out, but oh, uh, yeah. that's just a uh, lot of them. There's a lot of them out there. There's you... hundreds, hundreds of them, yes. and you find they're all interconnected. Though that's just it; they're not separate. They all have their own part in in working out their particular problem in one direction or another. They're all specialized, you might say, for the global society, and that's what they work on. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of them all interconnected across the planet. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I uh, am trying to shatter in our... Uh, uh, we came out of a city council meeting here, and one of the... We, um, they wanted to do a, a tax increase on uh, property here, which I can't stand. Well, they always... Because if it's property, yeah. if it's my property, it shouldn't be able to be taxed. Yeah. Whether it's what's called personal property or that now what they do is they categorize it in, in two two categories: real estate and what's called personal property, cars, boats, RVs. The list goes on, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, so we succeeded in overturning the tax increase. Yeah. But what happened was one of the people made the comments that well maybe in a year or so the economy will be better and we can come back and revisit this. And I said get used to it. The economy is not going to get any better. It's yeah. not designed to get any better. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, I don't know what kind of looks I'm getting. You know maybe I'm blessed that I'm a blind person, Alan. Because <laughs> as I say, you see something is either yours or it's not yours. That's it. Yeah. If it's yours, no one can lean on you for anything. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the whole thing. When you go in to real estate offices here to buy property. Uh, look very carefully at the wording they use. They don't put owner of a home. They put tenant. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And it's a big yes. difference between a tenant and, a, and an owner. Yes, definitely. But you'll find every, every lawyer and real estate agent will have that form and it will say tenant on it. It's been carefully changed. And the ones who brought in and drafted this up for the bill for the Congress and for the British Parliament and for the whole of the British Commonwealth was the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. 
they drafted up the income tax and the property tax bills and put them forth, so we have them to thank for it. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Private, private organizations, remember. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, this has been some research that I was wanting to do, and you just helped me with part of it, because I wanted to do an exploratory uh, research on uh, the history of property taxes, particularly here in the United States, mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be, quote-unquote, the, the home of the brave and land of the free, so land to speak. Land of the free, home of the, home the brave. Home of the brave, however as it were. It. However you want to put it. <laughs> and it's becoming increasingly... Uh, Land of the uh, slave and uh, home of the uh, sissy fight or something because uh, <laughs> nobody wants to be informed. Nobody wants to stand up for anything. Everybody just goes along to get along. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we keep um, going further and further down the sewer. And everybody, the thing I'm trying to get across to people is governments and organizations that work behind the scenes can come up with these schemes for the damnedest of reasons yeah, that yeah. sound yeah. on the surface to most people that are unassuming, they sound good. I know, and you know, on the Canadian television in 2005, the, the, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which is government-owned, it's our version of the BBC, Yeah, mm-hmm. they did the documentary special on the, 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 the first open signing towards the complete amalgamation of the Americas when, when, when Bush and I think it was Fox and Martin all met together in Waco and signed the first open treaty that had uh, a few more to go to the year 2010, then were totally amalgamated. And it was out in the open here on mainstream uh, television. And then the, the Council on Foreign Relations, for the first time, appeared in the same show as the Council on Foreign Relations, not just as an advisor to someone. And they said, we drafted up this amalgamation agreement. Mm-hmm. Now, the Council on Foreign Relations is a private organization uh, that is only the sister to the Royal Institute for International Affairs, yeah. which was set up to bring in global government, not a democratic government either, by the way. Oh, no. A- and here they are boasting that they drafted up the, the, the treaty, they, they drafted up the negotiations that were signed by presidents and prime ministers, and there was no input from the public whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it is... And- and that's what I keep trying to get across to people. You watch how they handle these things on TV. You're starting to see these groups, uh, you know, these different talking heads that come on now. They, they're, they're more bold now when they come out into the open as being members of these organizations. Used to yeah. the um, Council on Foreign Relations and, uh, and all these various um, background organizations were kept in the closet. And now they're gradually starting to bring them out. It's kind of the... Finally, yeah. we're learning that the emperor, you know, the emperor has no clothes. You know, we are, we are we've been trained now uh, that we don't need democracy. You see, that's what this, that's what Thatcher, another one, said when she said she belonged to the parallel government. And the Club of Rome also said that in their book, The First Global Revolution, they said that they'd looked around the world, they they favored collectivism as a form of controlling the public of the world, uh, in other words, Sovietization. Mm-hmm. And they, they said, too, there were too many competing factions in democracy to get anything done. There was too much bickering. Therefore, they had to have a parallel government. And that's what we have. And the Council on Foreign Relations in America is the, the, the American branch of it. Uh, they were the ones who also, on their own websites, look into it. They boasted that they brought in and drafted up the income tax and property tax acts. 
Yeah, and we're being told while all this is going on, the the politicians say democracy this and democracy yes. that. Yes, exactly. That's the con game. There is no democracy. And now another reason the public don't want to get involved is the they get their daily uh, overdose of television news. And we've been trained now for 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, uh, starting with Hill Street Blues and SWAT teams and so on, to, to seeing guys in black uniforms beating up on the public all the time. And people are getting terrified. They don't want to bring down the wrath on themselves for standing up for a right anymore. That's yeah. intentional. It's intentional. We have this perception and be afraid. This is why they're giving us the big stick right now. They're, they're pretty well telling us, if you don't go along with us, uh, we'll, we'll come for you. And yeah. that's what they said when they said that uh, uh, the big speech that was given after 9-11 uh, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Uh, what they were saying there, that, that's a legal statement made by uh, the top character for your country. Um, when a man at the top says um, you have a war on terror or a war on poverty or a war on drugs, that's an official declaration. So when he says you're either with, with us or the terrorists, that means if you're, you don't go along with our agenda, and that's all of the agenda, including the reshaping of America. Yeah then you're with the terrorists. So people are getting that message subliminally almost, uh, and they're terrified of having SWAT teams jump down their throats for failure to pay up the taxes and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to cover one thing here, too, uh, Alan, and that is that even democracies, though, aren't, aren't they a problematic form of government in the sense that, um, that in a democracy uh, they're usually very short lived aren't they and then they yep. usually die of a violent death so they're not a panacea even within themselves yeah plato also went through all of that and other other philosophers did too they said that democracy is always followed by dictatorship and what you're seeing is world dictatorship coming into view um these in fact see the whole concept of politics is a con game to begin with yes yes it, it never was real. It never, no. it never was real. Uh, that was, in fact, in Britain, uh, in Britain in the 1500s, when they dreamed up the idea of free trade and a globalized system under the British Empire, um, they said that if they did not give the public the, the semblance of having a reality or a real input into their destiny, there'll be revolutions every few years. So what they came up with in the 1700s was was a democracy, and eventually in the, in the and actually it was the early 20th century everyone in Britain was allowed to vote. It wasn't until World War One that people with no property could have the votes. People don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so that was the new democracy, and that was a sham from the beginning. But it did stop the people from having a revolution every four or five years, mm -hmm. and that's what the elite wanted. Well, they could go on uh, unhindered with their own organizations behind the scenes, really doing the moving and shaking. And Carl Quigley again brings that up in his book, Tragedy and Hope, and the Anglo-American Establishment, in the two books. He said that certain people are called technocrats. Now, Maurice Strong is one of them. Kissinger is another one of them. Brzezinski is another. He says these are technocrats. They move behind the scenes. They're not elected but they have more power than any president because they, they get the real jobs done. Yeah. yeah. And they're not answerable to the public. So democracy is just a front to keep the public 
hoping that things will get better every four or five years. Yeah, you kind of yeah. feed them a pacifier like a little child. You give them a pacifier, they suck on the pacifier. Meanwhile, while they're busy, preoccupied with the pacifier, you're out there doing your dastardly deeds. You know? yes, exactly. And again, that ties in with the Club of Rome when they said the collectivism, a Sovietized system to run the general public, the population, uh, suited them best. That's the best form they thought they could run the public with. While the elite at the top uh, could travel across the globe unimpeded and unrestricted. The masses would be run by massive bureaucracies and governmental institutions, children's <laughs> aids, uh, all these different services that are now authorities. Another thing that Lenin said, he says, we must make sure the world is given teaching services, medical services, police services, etc. These eventually will become authorities over the people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, one question that I'd like for you to kind of cover, for because uh, I know I have a local audience here that I'm constantly trying to bring up to speed on what's going on, and this is, I know some of them have followed us for quite some time, but I have new listeners that tune in all the time locally, some new ones who find the website, and... Um, and I uh, also, we're going to, uh, I just want everybody to know that Alan's website will be linked right next to this broadcast, yes. too, so cutting, you can go over there. Cutting through the matrix. Matrix. Com. Com. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Alan, explain collectivism and the different uh, types of systems, say, like collectivism versus, you know, a, 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 a free republic-type system or something. Maybe you can explain it in a way that perhaps maybe we haven't or something, just to really put it into people's view and perspective. Yeah. Well, you, you find under collectivism, there's always a, a pretense that the public have input. If you take the word Soviet, uh, Soviet means rule by councils. Yes. Uh, what the idea was on paper only, of course, was that the public, for every branch of the public, from laborers, um, specialists and tradesmen and so on, for every part of the public uh, work-wise or workplace, you would have an NGO with a leader that would, like a, like a union leader to an extent, yeah. who would speak on behalf of those that they took care of. Well, that technically was how it was supposed to be. However, the Soviets made sure that the Politburo put their own man or woman in his head of the NGO. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, what the NGO then would do is we speak on behalf of women for whatever, uh, we demand you make laws to protect us against this, and the government would then say, thank goodness you asked, we have the thing ready to sign. And this is how they've run the West for the, since about the 1950s. We've had these organizations that people think are grassroots organizations that, uh, that often use names like Federalists or whatever. It makes it sound very official. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're actually private organizations funded by the big foundations like the Rockefeller Foundation, who come forth, demand the government do something about firearms, this, that, or the other, then the government is only too happy to go and sign some new bill. Well, this is how they play this game of taking all your rights away from you. That's the Sovietized collectivist system. We have it here. They also use collective punishment. If someone shoots someone in one part of the country or there's an accident or whatever, and everybody howls because little Jenny got killed, uh, everyone is pub punished and no one can have firearms. That's how they use it in collectivism. Yep. Under republicanism, it's supposed to be a, a constitutional form of government to limit the power of government. At least that's how 
technically uh, on the outside the U.S. was set up yes. for the public to believe in, at least. Yes. Uh, and and so um, all of the, 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 the Bill of Rights and all the rest of it was to ensure that government could not overstep its bounds because governments always down through history overstep their bounds and become tyrannies. Yep. And so, so therefore, uh, it, it, was in the, it was the rights of the people to overthrow any government that they deemed had become tyrannical. Yeah. And, that, that, and, and they also said that that would be inevitable. Jefferson said it too. He said, we need a revolution every generation or so to wipe out those who are, have now become family dynasties within government. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I guess basically where we would have to go with this, Alan, is a constitutional republican form of government like we were told there's nothing wrong with that concept if it were really true if it were really true but then you'd, you'd, you really would have to need uh, new organizations of public that were selected at random not the same ones every time yes from from all levels of society that would oversee government what they were really up to at all times that's what you'd have to do yeah to watch them like hawks Yes. Uh, and Jefferson said it too. He said, when you see a mandate being carried forward between the houses, that means changes of government and parties, the same mandate being carried forward, he says, be aware that you are now under tyranny. And you've seen that steadily since World War One, more so since World War Two, where regardless of the government that's put in office, the, the, the move towards globalization is pushed further and further and further. So you, you, you've had this, this mandate being obvious to those who are watching it uh, over a hundred years now uh, steadily increase regardless of what, what party you put in place. It, it goes forward unimpeded. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, and that really does put it in perspective. You know, I think one of my most frustrating things, Alan, is I get behind this microphone sometimes and I'm trying to sit here you know, this is a large, large octopus to kind of get your arms around. And uh, it's, but if we can just break it down where we first become reacquainted with the types of government that are out there, the types of governing bodies that are out there, what we were told we were supposed to be, and versus what some of these other countries like communist countries are supposed you know what they turned out to be you know a lot of people have, you know most of us have never been in a communist country to really know what full-blown totalitarian uh, totalitarianism is now we are under tyranny right now but see the thing is it's not full-blown yet the way they want to take it there are people throughout history that have been murdered maimed killed in some of the most brutal regimes and yet I, one of the things i think that is really hurt us is this apathy and this absolute trust in government and it's like i told uh i when i was talking to our city administrator the other day i said i said um i i like you as a person i said uh, you're the kind of guy i could go out with sit down and have coffee with but i said i said when it comes to government i said i don't trust government as far as i can throw it whether whether local or otherwise and i said and i said i don't want people putting all their faith and trust in me yeah and uh, th we need to scrutinize and make sure. But see, the problem is too many people. I mean, I run into people out here right now. They they can't. They want it both ways. They talk about how they want to live free, but yet then they want to see more regulation. And that's one of the strange things I'm running into. That's it. You see, what you're seeing is a stealth approach, but it's, it's on a roll now, where we just all we want you to do is to allow yourselves to be searched. 
Uh, now all we, we want is you to carry this ID card with you everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, now everywhere you go, here's a chip. It's more secure. You see, it's a stealth approach, and it's all done. It's, and every tyranny in history has used the same u- uh, terminology. It's for your safety. It will keep you safe. Mm-hmm. This is always the same approach that they give you. We have to take your freedoms away to keep you safe. Yeah. They use that in ancient times. They're using the same thing today. And the public are reacting the same way, mainly because, again, the family, uh, for most people, has been destroyed. Uh, the family unit was a cohesive unit, the last remnant of tribalism. That's why they had to destroy it. And we don't have something to fight for. Men used to fight for their families. And today, the average young male probably will never get married. He knows that, too. Uh, women are being encouraged to have their careers. In fact, in the Department of Defense uh, think tank, in their own documentation, they say that they are going to promote more and more women into the work- workforce. And, in their, and by the year 2015, they will, they're going to bring on another gender war uh, more worse than the last one until literally men and women will hate each other. This yes. is all planned this way. Yeah, yes. and the sad part of it is uh, I know I, um, I remember... Um, Aaron Russo was talking about this in his movie Freedom to Fascism. I don't know if you ever had a chance to see that or not, but there's an interview after that movie. On At least it's on the DVD copy. And he mentioned that um, um, he um, had a conversation with one of the Rockefellers. Yeah. And one of the things that he mentioned was um, he asked Aaron, uh, I don't remember if it was David Rockefeller no, it was or which Nick. one, Nick Rockefeller's yeah. who it was, asked Aaron Russo if he knew what the Women's Live Movement was all about. Yeah. And Aaron said, well, as far as I know, it's it was for equal rights for women. And he said, no, you idiot. He said it wasn't for that at all. He said we had to get the women out of the house so we could ever so that we could have an extra class of people to tax. Yes. Yep. And then he said that on top of that, we got an extra blessing out of it in that we could that allowed us to pull all the kids into the indoctrination centers, yep. i.e. public schools, ladies and gentlemen. And kindergarten. Yeah. And yes. kindergarten, so that we could indoctrinate them with our view of the world. Yes. And what they're doing, the United Nations has been doing it in third world countries for years now. They give out loans to women only at all levels. Yes. Business loans and mm-hmm. help them start businesses up. We donate all used computers from all our countries to these people. Mm-hmm. They bypass the men completely so the women will have no respect for the men who are left poor. And so they're giving the power to the, to the females. So they're already making sure that the men over in those countries will not, they have nothing to stand up and fight for. Now, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that you can, a way you can spot this, ladies and gentlemen, what Alan's talking about, how they are, uh, how they are forcing this agenda to get the women to eventually hate the men and to look down on the men and to disrespect men. If you notice, Alan, in fact, I've even, even on some of the alternative networks, I've heard ads doing this. It's where they'll have the woman come on. And they'll have this man who just, who the man of the household, they make him out to be like somebody who's just stupid. He doesn't That's know right. anything. Yeah. But she, but she yeah. has all the facts on everything. Yeah. And so she's trying to get him up to speed, and he's like this dumb, yes. this dumb imbecile who doesn't know, he wouldn't know his, he, he couldn't find his butt with both hands and a flashlight, yeah. you know, that kind. That's correct. And that's been pushed through movies and comedies for yep. years and years and years. Yep. And uh, even in the movie, American Beauty, they give you a parody on the modern American male. 
in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and they're also doing that with children. They're, they're making the children out to know everything, and the parents, both parents, to know absolutely nothing. Yeah, and again, that was a technique introduced um, even when I was small because how you did mathematics suddenly changed. Mm-hmm. And your parents couldn't help you with your homework, also yes. the, the teacher becomes your, your uh, superior to the parent. Yeah. And the bonding between the, in fact, the child says, "Well, what do you know? You're, the, you know, you don't know anything." Yeah. My teacher does, and she's young. And uh, that again changed uh, about ten years after I got introduced to the new system, and then my younger sister got reintroduced to the, the next. So the, every ten years they changed it, so it no no generation could help the one before it. Yeah. Well, see, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, and it's all being capitalized on because, like, for example, you know, you have now because all under the guise of fighting domestic abuse, and I'll be the first to admit, there's men out there that are jerks, and there's women out there that are jerks. Okay, doesn't matter. But what they've done is they've capitalized on this, and now it's being used as a pretext uh, to send welfare into the homes and break up families, take kids away from people, in a lot of cases that have never done anything wrong. Uh, it is also, um, there's also the media out there that's projecting this image, like we just talked about, where they'll make one, m- one member of the uh, sexual pool, uh, particularly ex- the man to be particularly dumb. the man to be absolutely dumb. Yeah. yeah. And this is all done through, this is propaganda in order to achieve a certain end, right? Absolutely. As I say, the whole thing is they, they want to, uh, it's like a, a long term uh, chess game. Uh, these characters are looking at all problems in the future in all different countries in geopolitics, and you must get the man out of the picture in every country. How do you do that? You, you emasculate him, and you give him no authority. In fact, you don't give him any credence. Uh, you, what you do is you elevate the female. Now, this is also backed up by Bertrand Russell, who said, women think that they have achieved liberation by themselves. They do not realize that we gave them what they see as, they foresee as liberation, and they said science is their god because science gave them the pill. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and that's why women, uh, unfortunately, are, are spearheading the charge for genetic research and infertility. Me, 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 I want this. I, I want a male-ordered child that's six feet four, blue-eyed and blonde and so on. They will go for all of this, and they don't realize they're only helping the agenda and that they're actually putting the stamp uh, uh, to their own demise on, in the process. Yeah, yeah. because eventually the, the deep science, I mean, they don't want you to be either. I mean, yeah. they want you to be more hermaphroditic, which is neither. Yeah, that's correct. And there are women out there who are doing this. They shop for sperm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they shop for everything, but they're shopping for sperm, just like you buy it from Sears and a certain size uh, and so on, etc., from a certain background, yada, yada, yada. And they are doing themselves and humanity in in the process. They're putting themselves out of business because eventually they won't need the female either to bring in uh, children. Getting us all used to to science being in charge of procreation is the main thrust behind this, is getting us to accept that fact. Yep, yes. and if you don't believe what he is saying, just look at what China's doing already. They're uh, they're killing off the females. The female is the one primarily that's getting sacrificed over in China, and they're one yep. child per, per per family policy. That's right. Yep. And uh, so, folks, just look to what's going on in China. They said they, the globalists have told us that China is the model country for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And also, as I say, uh, men will not fight for, for if they have no family to fight for. 
Wow, yeah, you're exactly right. right. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Well, Alan, I, I tell you, while there while there isn't an easy solution to a lot of this kind of stuff, how do you recommend people deal with these kinds of things and uh, try to do what they can uh, for their own families and for the um, and and for their uh, the the environment in which they live? Uh, what do you recommend? Because obviously. Um, I know it's not easy, and it's like I said at the uh, more toward the beginning of the broadcast. None of us have ever faced this before, but on the other hand, there are things that we can do within our own sphere of influence to try to help stem the tide against some of this. And maybe all we can do is turn around things in our local, uh, try to turn around things in our local area, and hope it it spurts out from there and covers more and more land as more and more people start figuring out, hey, there's something great going on over there. Yeah, I, I think part of it is how science again has altered our way of living in every aspect uh, it was Skinner Skinner, the, the behaviorist in psychology who was a monster himself who, who yes. was allowed to do things that you and I would be locked up for yeah. putting his own daughter in a cage and bringing her up in it but uh, Skinner said to change the behavior of humans you must alter their environment and if you look at what's being brought into your environment right into your home, the, 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 first the radio, but then the television. The television alters your behavior. You come home to watch a certain program at a certain time, you're going to be there, uh, or you're to tune in to see a certain serial that will come on the next day. Uh, your behavior is being altered, but you're also being downloaded with the agenda and the political correctness that goes with it and everything that you see and hear. It's the greatest indoctrination and propaganda tool ever devised. So you have to stop watching. You, you can't even allow yourself to, to, to sit back thinking you're being entertained. You're not. You know, all the, the famous television series that people get hooked on uh, were not American. You think they're American, like Archie Bunker's place. That was created in London, England, uh, by the Tavistock Institute. And first of all, they called it just ALF, and they used an English actor and, and English actresses to be the family. And it was the same scripts and so on, and then they gave you the same thing in America, and that literally, people would run home to watch that and change their behavior. Yeah. Wow. You so you'd be indoctrinated with the agenda and the political correctness that comes with it. You're showing a person who's bigoted, he still likes his own people, his, his own way of life, his own customs, and so on. So he's a bigot, and that was the message in, our, in Archie Bunker. Then they give you Three's Company. That was taken from the British series called Robin's Nest. And, and again, that was to get the males and females can live communally together, as many as possible, who cares, and so on. Sex, 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 is okay, just go ahead and do it. Uh, everything that you enjoy is indoctrinating you and altering your behavior. And it comes through giving you something in your environment you didn't have before, and that was a television set. Yeah. Most people, you see, so what you have is a standardized education to give you a fictitious reality backed up with everyone getting the same media, the same information from the same media every day. Again, a standardized download. You've got to throw that thing out and start thinking for yourself, and then you'll start to observe things for yourself. And then you have to go into the to a whole spiritual search because what will you stand up for? Is there anything you'll stand up for? Now, I know people in Canada, the only time there was any unification in Canada to fight government on anything was when it came to de deregulating the cable industry for their television sets and all the pensioners were going to get hit hard 
before that they had some kind of subsidy. And that's the only time the United in Canada to, to stop that was when their television was going to get taken away from them. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's so sad. That, Meanwhile, yeah. they'll stand up and, and accept everything lying down. Uh, we see people getting tossed out in the street, losing their homes because the, the, the town of Barry was putting in a new new water system and septic system. Yeah. And these people couldn't afford it. So the guy with cancer and his wife with cancer get tossed out in the street and no one lifts a hand to help them. This yeah. is what we're seeing, you see, but people will, will stop because they love their entertainment. They suck on that teat. They cannot think for themselves. And that is what Brzezinski said. He says, we are creating a system where the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They'll expect the media to do the reasoning for them. Well, for the majority of the public, that has happened. Yeah, that's your bread and circuses. Yes, you cannot have it both ways. You have to literally stop dead and go into the old books and refine or find for yourself your values, your own values, not those that are promulgated by United Nations or anyone else. And, and then you have to decide what you're going to do now that you know. Now, you have written three books, cutting through one, two, and three. Would yeah. you kind of go into detail about a little bit about what, what they're uh, about? I go into the, the societies that, that often, well, not often, they've always been here behind the scenes working on the agenda, and how, uh, I call it the occult control, the, the, the stuff that you don't see, obviously, in your conscious mind day to day, but it's there nonetheless. And I go into the societies that help bring in the system from at least the Middle Ages, but actually from uh, a lot longer uh, than that. Thousands of years ago, we had fraternities and brotherhoods. We always had your regular religions, and then you always had a secret religion running parallel to it, generally connected. And we find this all down through the ages. Noble orders, those with money and power, have always had their noble orders. Uh, the, the Romans had their equestrian order where they initiated uh, their own members in a tent, very much like the Old Testament, uh, in a tent in a field at night uh, through, through different kinds of rituals. And the whole thing was to always run the system in the dark. What they meant by that was that they were the lumined ones that could see in the dark. That's what the owl stands for. That's what you see at the Bohemian Grove, the owl. Yeah. Yes. So that's also Sophia as wisdom. Wisdom can see in the dark. They are the wise ones. The people only see that which is in front of them in the daytime. Meanwhile, they run the dark side of the world. They run the real world, the machinations behind the real world that the public never see or never even guess is there. So they run... Uh, these institutions still today, like I say, with a parallel government and so on. So you have fraternities, and I go into that in the books. I show you how even amongst the language they give you, they update languages, and they put their codings in there, they put their little jokes in there, their meanings in there, so that they can communicate with themselves by reading the same thing as you will, and they will get the meaning out of it, you'll get a different meaning out of it. Yes. That's why Albert Pike said we never speak so plainly as we do when we are in company of the profane, because the profane never understand what we really are saying. So they use passwords, sign symbols, and they also use the alphabet, etc., um, uh, to communicate to each other. Once you understand how that works, you'll never, you'll never see anything the same way again. 
your, your eyes are open. You can look at the headlines of newspapers and have a laugh. Yeah. Because, because you'll see how they're, they're really presenting it for their, for their higher orders that run it. It's loosely called Freemasonry, but there are higher institutions above it once you're into the noble orders. And if you look at these big boys, the Kissingers and so on, why do they go over and do something which is illegal uh, as a U.S. citizen? Why do they go over to Britain and get knighted? You see? Yeah. Um, yes. why, what's so important about knighthood? Why, why did Sam Bronfman, that ran the whiskey industry during Prohibition, um, why did he, his last wish to be, was to be knighted by, by the King of England? What was so important to, to be knighted? And you find that, that, you see, it was Britain that came out with the con game of democracy. Yeah. It was Britain that ruled the waves. That meant that there were about a few hundred families that ruled the world literally, living in and around London. And they all belong to these darker, these higher orders. And they are the real powers behind everything. They're the ones who still run it today, all the European uh, royalty and nobility. Uh, democracy, as I say, is a front sham to keep the public pacified. But they have never let go. And they, they do reward those knights, those guys who've done their, their quest for the great work, as they call it, the great work being reshaping the world. I put this, this sort of thing in the book, how they reshape the world, but also how they're going to reshape and rebuild man to serve them better, a more perfected slave. Absolutely. And I use their, I use their own books. Uh, in my books, I take quotations, etc., out of them to put <coughs> in my books to show you that these guys... Have, have basically achieved what they set out to do. Oh, and absolutely, folks, yeah, please yeah. get these. And one thing I want to ask you, Alan, is there any way to uh, ever come up with electronic version of these, say, like in PDF? Because I know a lot of blind people that I've, I've been... Blind people, most blind people I know have got to be some of the most social socialist-minded people I've ever met in my life, and I've been trying to open their eyes to a lot of this stuff. And uh, I was wondering, do you, do you have any of these in electronic format anywhere? I, I have... Um I have a lot of MP3s for free. They can download. That's true. Yeah, they got the audio they can yes. pick from as well. Yeah, and but uh, but PDFs. I used to put PDFs out, but I'll tell you, I found out so many sites immediately were selling them all over the world. Oops. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. No, you can't you have did. that. No. No. Yeah. Now, now, the thing is, too, what's happening even even within the Patriot system is is something ominous because you you, you see. In the, in the Patriot business, and it is a business. Yes, it is. Um, there's a lot of competition amongst the different stations and so on. However, uh, I could, if I wanted to, promote sponsors. A any host can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you do, you get paid a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I don't do that. I don't blame you. You see, now I could have been offered to, but I don't do it. I think it would just detract from what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. And how it's a bit, most of them do. So each time you mention the sponsor or bring them on as a guest, you get a good lump sum. So their income comes from that, whereas I get my income from the books and, and um, uh, that which I sell. Yeah. Yes. Now, those ones who are getting their income primarily from advertising, which is massive money, big money. Uh, can afford to, to give out their, their, their DVDs and their PDFs for free. Yes. Uh, well, they're putting all the rest under. 
you see, those yeah. who don't get paid by sponsors, they're putting them under in the process. Yeah, you're, that's yeah, I see true. exactly what yes, you're saying, and that's a, that. that's a point well taken. Yes. Something and, that and I so there's, a, there's a move to build up certain ones to be the top. You're right. I think, I think yes. that eventually that that may be the way of the future. It sounds you know, like I think it. you're exactly right because I see all the infighting. I mean, no no time like recently have we seen some infighting, <laughs> and I, I'm not going to mention the networks. You know who they are. Yeah. But some Jeez. of these networks, there's really been some big fights going on. I mean, it's been a knockdown drag out, and uh, it's, uh, I know from my uh, vantage point here, it's getting down to the point. You know, I I hate to say this, Alan, because I'm not... I'm not a conceited person. We're just the instruments. We just provide the microphone, and it's people like you and various others. You're the broadcast. We're just the vehicle by which that's the way I view it here. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's getting down to the point where I almost, there are times where, except when we're doing this broadcast and we're bringing people on like yourself, uh, it's there are times that I wish I could just, uh, I feel like just turning off this radio station. Yeah, I know. I know. Um uh, the public again only only perceive uh, what they see on regular media. That you switch it on, there it is. They don't think beyond that. Uh, but there is definitely, um, you, you see, the sponsors mainly for Patriot Radio are all the same sponsors. Yes. Same companies. Yeah. And, and therefore, you have different uh, companies all competing to be number one. Yes. Now, in any business, that's war, and that's standard war in all businesses. They're at war with each other. And and uh, and there's a lot of dirty tricks go on, you know, a lot of dirty tricks um, under the guise of of patriotism. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think you've, if you're truly serious about what's happening, you cannot possibly look forward to filling your pockets with money at the moment for yourself. You see that that's also a thing that people think they can do. Going to Patriot Radio, make a lot of money, uh, take all the sponsor money and so on. Uh, and get very rich, except well, we're, we're, all, we're all going down the tube together as far as I'm concerned. Riches aren't going to do you one bit of good no. when it, but it all comes down. And you cannot sell your soul out. You've got no. to stick to the truth and nothing but the truth. And you, you, you don't go into advertising and selling products uh, and backing it with your name because if, if anything falls through, you are discredited. And if you're discredited on anything, you're, you're discrediting on, on everything. And this is why I tell people here when we run this, you know, I always make sure that people understand that, you know, when we carry some of these networks, there are, there are ads that go out, and I always put a disclaimer at the beginning of everything oh, yeah. that we run that the views expressed are those yeah. of the host callers, guests, and advertisers, and are not those of, you know, of what we're doing here, because there are some stuff there, I mean, there are sometimes I'll hear some stuff on here and I'll just cringe. You know. Yes, and I, I hate the hard sell. I mean, it, it is you. You don't terrify someone and then offer them the solution. Yeah, uh, that's not a fear. We are doing things. Uh, it is allowed. It is business. But um, I, I, as I say, for hosts to go into it, um, I personally, this is my way of looking at it. I think you discredit yourself if if you start becoming a salesman. Yeah. Yeah, that's I true. Agree. That's a good point, yes, and it's a I point well taken. And um, well. I appreciate what you're doing through the website, and there's obviously um, a lot of good audio there that people can download. There's uh, MP3s. You have uh, CDs that people can get if they want to, but it's but they also can get uh, audio downloads of your stuff. You have podcasts available so that people can stay up to date with what's going on as well. So um, there's all kinds of ways that people can um, can uh, get a hold of your work, and uh, I appreciate everything you're putting out there because. I'll tell you what, I like I said, I was drug kicking and screaming 
<laughs> well, Trish can tell you, I used to listen to Rush, if that tells oh, you anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, she oh, kept yeah. telling me there was more to what was going on than him. And I and I still keep saying there's a lot more than we know. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're learning every day. And I know, I'm sure you're uncovering new stuff every day is uh, just watching the world around you as it's continuing to evolve. Yes, and that's another thing, too. You'll find the more you study this agenda you'll be able to predict what they're going to do next in different areas because you've read their books. Yes. Uh, and uh, they do stick to their plans. They do publish what they want to do, what they want to bring into the world in, in different areas, and they never deviate from their plan. It's just like a business plan. So it's not like you can prophesy with a crystal ball. You don't need it. You can simply look at their, their agendas. They even give time limits to bring in certain things, 50-year plans for this, 10 years plans for that. Yes. And, and the United Nations is famous for this. And, and they'll stick to that. So you, there are no surprises for you uh, once you've really done your homework. Well, that's exactly that right. True. And one thing I wanted to ask you, too, I know you hear a lot of people saying if we just get back to the gold standard, that would help fix everything, <laughs> which yeah. obviously we know that's not our only problem uh, is a fiat money system. But what is your views on some of that? Because obviously um, obviously, you're still dealing with money, and yeah. as long as there's money, mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody out there who's going to control it, whether it's gold or otherwise. They're going to figure out a way to control it. Well, that's the word right there is standard. Now, the Rothschilds ran the gold industry too, and the stock market would sit every day while Rothschild stuck his finger out the window after getting out of bed to feel which way the wind was going, and he'd declare what it was worth that day. So it's no different. Uh, you still have the same bunch of people uh, deciding how much, much purchasing power that gold piece is going to have. It's just it's, it's the same con game. It's still money, and you're not in charge of its value. Someone else is. That's yeah. the trick of it, you see. So it would make no difference at all whether it's gold or, or chicken feathers or, or, or porcupine quills. Uh, if someone else is in charge of setting the value of that, it's the same con games. So they ran it very successfully for centuries. Um, it just became more tiresome to take bullion across the, the, the planet in ships. This is much easier to give us paper, but it's the same trick regardless. Yeah. Yeah, yes, and uh, and of course with a barter system, it's a little bit harder to do that because you're deciding what your own labor's worth. You are, and and you can take it or leave it, or and find another buyer if you want to swap that that bag of corn for a bag of wheat or something. Uh, it's up to you, another person. You can just see that's all a price is on anything. A price is someone's idea. Interesting yes. point. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it's uncertain times. There's no doubt about that. And, Alan, I'd sure like to um, have you back on another broadcast uh, when the time permits because uh, there's just so much of this that's uh, going on out is, there. Is there anything that you would like to say in the closing few minutes here? Yeah, I think that those who still have uh, values, uh, residual, I call them residual values, from from the old days and stick to them because they were survivalist they were survival mechanisms those values and if you have them and you're around people with them too your chances of coming through the chaos ahead are much more improved and you've got to also not get angry with those who don't understand a lot of people cannot understand they're too no. far gone no. uh, they, their minds have been tampered with they've been inoculated to death uh, they've been under bio-warfare attack with GMO food and all the rest of it. So 
you, you've got to see that there are casualties all around you, but don't be distracted. In a war, a general who watches the casualties at mounts will lose that battle. He's got to look at the ones who are winning to achieve his goal. And it's sad, it's, it's tragic what's happened, but we've got to keep our eyes uh, uh, ahead as to where we want to go. And that means bringing the values with us that they're trying so desperately to destroy. It's those values, those moral values, that which will bring you through in the end. And for crying out yes. loud, moms and dads, uh, hand those values down to your kids. That's part of the problem. I run into so many of you out there who say your kids are out of control. Well, your kids are out of control, mom, because of you, dad, because of you. And it all depends on, you know, you're in the driver's seat. You know, that's the yep. important thing. That's right. Uh, absolutely. Alan, it's been just an absolute pleasure having you here. And uh, I just wish you all the best as you continue. I know you do a lot of radio, and I just appreciate and I feel honored that you decide to come on our broadcast. And I hope it's been as enjoyable as an experience for you as it has been for us. Yes, it has been. It's been a pleasure to be here. Oh, oh absolutely. Yes. And, and, and I hope hope you'll come back again. You're welcome anytime. Yes. So I want you to understand that. Yes. If you would, too, stay on the line for just a few minutes because I wanted to um, I want to get with you and... Um, well, for one thing, I want to make sure you get a copy of these if you want them. Sure. So yeah. I want to. I will do. Uh, all right, stay with us, and we'll um, we'll uh, pick you up as soon as I close the show out. Okay. Okay. Hang right there, okay. ladies and gentlemen. There he is, Alan Watt, and that that's what that's the sum of it, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to hand values, time tested values, down to your children. I don't want to hear this stuff that well. Uh, my children have already gotten out of control because of video games and because of TV and all this kind of stuff. Well, whose fault is that? How many times have we told you, you've got to turn off the outside influences? And uh, it's it's just permeating every bit of our society. I'm having enough trouble here just keeping this thing as straight as I can. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this uh, little thing that we're doing here with the low power uh, thing here. And uh, it's it's an uphill fight doing that. Right. And, folks, you've got to isolate yourself. Why do you think the Amish survive as well as they do? Well, anybody that, that will isolate Have you ever stopped to think about that? The, now, I mean, there are some Amish that have uh, given up some of their customs more than others, but there are some that are steadfast to their customs, and they won't give them up for nothing. Right. Why is that? Well, that's because they don't allow the outside influences to come in and corrupt the minds of their kids, corrupt the minds of uh, themselves, and so on. And well, that's even getting harder to do with the way the. Well, it is because you've got. I mean, you've got the governments trying to encroach yeah. in on their turf. You know, we've had uh, the governments trying to go in after the animal ID and try to force these people to put uh, ID chips in their um, in oh, their yeah. uh, cattle and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You know, along with the rest of us in some states, and some states have been successful, and these people don't want any part of it. And you have to. You have to have backbone and stand up to this stuff because you're not going to like what's on the other side if you don't. No, I mean, what's the sure. point of living if you're a slave? I mean, there's no point to it. Part of the wonder of life is being able to live free, to breathe free, to be free, to yeah. think free. Yeah. And you can't live a productive life if those things are not available to you if you have somebody looking over your shoulders with opposing values all the time don't complain about the lack of values and the uh, lack of discipline in the society if you're a contributing part of it right parents you're in the driver's seat it's kind of like the car is going off the road you're complaining about it going off the road but you're at the steering wheel you know it just kind of doesn't make any sense does it (laughs) 
<laughs> and so this yeah. is just all the more reason, more and more and more all the time, that we need to um, discover that we are in control yeah. and that if we're going to be in control, we have to stand up and say, oh, no, this is as far as it goes and it ain't going any further, kids. All right. I know when I was growing up, I've told yeah. you on this broadcast what happened to me. Oh, yeah. My oh. parents took charge. Now, they weren't perfect, but they oh, took yeah. charge. And I knew when I'd done something that yeah, I wasn't supposed to be doing. Even they bought into things they shouldn't have. <coughs> well, they did, but yeah. I mean, you know, and all of us have done it in varying stages. Right, that's it. And yeah. uh, now there's some of us that are waking up, and part of waking up is saying, okay, I'm throwing away all that stuff that society yeah. has taught me. Yeah. And I'm going to go the direction that... Um, Spiritually, I need to go, and yeah. also morally that I need to go, oh. and I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. Yeah. And uh, we have to do that, not just one of us, not just two of us, but as more and more of us do it, then we'll start being able to work with one another better. We'll be able to start helping each and every one of us. But it does start better. out with the individual. It does, absolutely. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yep. that was a wonderful broadcast, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Action-packed, yep. and that's the way we like it here. Mm -hmm. And uh, is, so sure. with that, uh, that's pretty much going to do it, I think, for this week. I think we're at the last minute here. We are, yeah, and so. uh, in the upcoming weeks, um, well, we'll have... Uh, we don't have any particular guest schedule next week. We'll continue to cover the stupidity and the news that's going on. There's a lot of stuff that's gone on. Oh, yeah. It's getting easier and easier to do this broadcast all the time because there's more and more <laughs> stupidity going on oh, out there. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, take pride in that by any oh, stretch. No. But it is getting easier and easier to do this. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, yeah. I did <laughs> we'll, we'll see what comes out of next week's um, broadcast. And... Um, you know, I always tell people on uh, Sunday nights, you know, when um, on Sundays during the day and on Sunday evenings, welcome to another week of fun, frolic, and mayhem. Oh, yeah. There's going to be plenty of that. And I mean that sincerely because that <laughs> seems like what we're running into more and more every day. And I think right. Alan underscored that with some of the um, conversation that uh, we had there just a while ago. Certainly. That's going to do it for this edition of the broadcast. We'll see you next week with another one. And as we always say, go out and fight the battle and let God decide the outcome. We will see you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Information Corner. Visit our website at www.theinformationcorner.com and be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for another edition of the Information Corner. <laughs>